Our mission is to discuss extraction, processing, business practices, and lessons learned with the established experts of the extraction process. This is Mission Supercritical, a service of Apex Supercritical, the leading CO2 extraction equipment manufacturer. Now, here to navigate our broadcast is a U.S. Navy veteran and the founder and president of Apex Supercritical, Andy Joseph. Welcome to another issue of Mission Supercritical, exclusive radio show that highlights the extraordinary individual success stories of Apex Supercritical's more than 500 customers who are operating in the cannabis industry today. I'm your host, Andy Joseph, president and founder of Apex Supercritical. Thank you for joining our show. Today, we've got Brian Haskins from Materia Medica. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. How are you? <laughs> doing great, doing great. Uh, so, Brian, for, real quick here, uh, you are the uh, the CEO and also referred to as the Minister of Pi. Uh, sometimes for Materia Medica. Tell me about that. What what makes you the, the minister of pie? I, I enjoy complicated things, right? I enjoy um, taking on tasks that uh, most people won't. You know, a lot of people in business talk about going after the low-hanging fruit. That's great. You know, we all want the low-hanging fruit. There's a heck of a lot of fruit that's not low-hanging, and I just kind of enjoy uh, trying to figure out how to bring those you know, other aspects of what's available in business down to a reachable level and figuring it out. You know, pie is a complicated thing and it's been studied for years. Cannabis is a complicated thing and it will be studied for many, many years. You know, Materia Medica itself is a, uh, it's Latin. It means all the medical knowledge. Um, we don't have that in cannabis. We're not even close. We probably will never have it, but it is a worthy aspiration and one we feel should uh, definitely be pursued with vigor. Right, and definitely, and so it kind of shows where your passion is, where your where your where your real interests lie, and and you know, getting the the medical side of cannabis figured out. Um, but you know, you're in you're in California currently in the Bay Area, uh, relocating. We'll uh, we'll talk about a little bit later on the show here some of the the challenges and and uh, tribulations, I suppose, of what's going on in California. But you didn't start in cannabis. Indeed. You know, obviously, I have a lot of passion for it. Didn't start in cannabis. Um, Tell me a little bit about your background. How did how did what did you do? You know, pre cannabis or or you know BC if you want to call it that. <laughs> right. Um, I was a mortgage guy. Um, in I I got in in about 2006, which is probably the worst time to get into doing mortgages. Um, two years later, it all fell apart. Uh, so I did some work with some law firms helping people to then save their houses. Uh, from all the mortgages that they could no longer afford because they had lost jobs or, you know, things that happened in their lives and these kind of things. And uh, then I got into commercial lending and just kind of organically through that, through referral um, people that I had, it just kind of came to me that uh, this was a viable business. And I had some people come to me that were interested in investing in it and wanted wanted to make some money in the space and didn't really know how. So right. a proposal was written and uh, we presented it to an investor who said he didn't want to buy equipment. So we said, well, maybe we do. And so we did. And that's how we uh, came across <laughs> Apex. Right. The, right. Uh, the leader in the equipment we were looking for. 
Right, right, great. So, thanks. I appreciate that. You know, moving uh, moving towards CO two, but you know, go go back a step here. So you're you know you're a finance guy. You're 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 living through the two thousand eight you know financial crash or housing crash, and you know some people would say that the the banks and the lenders at the time were the you know the root cause of all evil back then. Um, but you know you, you found yourself in an unenviable situation and, and transition from you know, residential mortgage kind of leasing into more of the commercial side of things. Were, were some of those commercial opportunities for cannabis, you know, either either processing stuff or cannabis real estate? Well, no, because it's, it's federally blocked, right? I mean, there are no bank loans for, uh, for cannabis. There's private investors out there aplenty, many of which have insane expectations, um, mm-hmm. myself included. You know, absolutely, myself included. Yeah. And, no, that's, um, so that's interesting. So you're so you're you're on the you know you're on the the federal side of the coin and and not really seeing opportunities for for cannabis on that side of it. But you said, hey, this cannabis stuff is a is a viable business. You're living you're right there in you know Bay Area of California. That's kind of the epicenter of, of the movement uh, to some degree, especially on the, on the processing side. You see the cannabis stuff, and you say, all right, you know what, we're going to do it. But you know. You got a good point. Private equity, private investors, you know, that are that one end of the green rush, quote unquote, they're expecting ridiculous returns. Tell me about what you're seeing. What kind of rates do they expect? I'm seeing that it's a business like any other, right? Can you be successful? Yes, absolutely. Can you have ridiculous returns? Yes, absolutely. Can you do that overnight? Not a chance, right? It's not a get rich quick scheme. It requires a lot of work, a lot of effort. Um, you have to have an ability to manage stress like Job, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not easy. And if you don't have those ingredients and, and the kind of team that's going to stick together thick and thin, um, you're going to frustrate yourself out. Um, like any other business that you invest in, it's going to take some time to see returns. And you have to put in the work and build the relationships um, to do that. This business is not about weed. It's about people all day, every day, inside and out. People, people, people. You, you master that, you'll have success. Right, right. And if you make it, you have to make a good product, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, that's, there's, there's a lot of people that, uh, uh, you know, I think have gotten forgotten in the transition, um, from medical cannabis into recreational cannabis. Uh, and, you know, there's yeah. there's definitely a, a money element of it. But, you know, the the situation today kind of is is what it is. But, you know, do you guys at, at Materia Medica, do you, do you focus specifically on, on medical side or are you recreational as well, being in California? Um, we do both. We process for other companies that are recreational-minded. Um, we do, though, stress and pound and preach and beat into their heads that there are just certain things that you should not uh, do ethically, morally, uh, with your product um, to, to make it harmful for people. Right, um, right. It's easy to not make it harmful. It's really easy to make it harmful and um, you know, do that for one purpose, money. You're not doing that for people, you know. Right, um, right. So and, and, and we try to keep med- even the recreational products, me- you know, uh, medically sound. 
Right. At, as, at least as much as in your control, I'd imagine. But, you know, do you guys just do wholesale slash white label or, or do you guys have a you know product brand of your own? No, we have a product brand of our own. Um, you know, with the licensing and all this stuff now, of course, everything's in transition. But uh, our our main brands are, of course, Materia Medica, and then we're closely tied in with Purple Frost Genetics. And uh, they make, I mean, they're an 87-time award-winning grower. Um, their plants come out as amazing oil. Their terpene profiles are fantastic. And Apex gives us the ability to harness that and really showcase uh, our customers' terpene profiles as they make them unique um, with the different ways that they do their genetics. Uh, Purple Frost is a great example of that um, because they are unique, and you can't go buy their strains from just anywhere. It has to come from Purple Frost genetics because it's not out there. They don't sell seeds. They don't sell clones. It's all internal. And um, I, I find it just fascinating that we're able to keep the vape as close to the flower as possible and that's kind of the yeah. whole shtick yeah. yeah and that's a so that that's that's an interesting point so you know you you, uh, you talked a little bit about uh, you know apex Let, let's let's talk about let's dive into the uh, technology side for a second here you know you, you mentioned that when you when you decided to get into the business of cannabis and started uh, started out some of your uh, investors didn't want to buy equipment but then you said maybe you do want to buy equipment what explain that a little bit more what what was the equipment you were trying to get and why well, they wanted to um, invest in a grow facility for the specific purpose of turning those plants into concentrates, but they did not want to buy the equipment. They just wanted to invest in the grow space and have somebody else uh, do the uh, the concentrates. So my family said, pick us. We'll do it, <laughs> right? Um, okay. So... So then yeah. we got into the manufacturing space, and we're not in the growth space at all. We don't right. mess with that. Right, and that's mm-hmm. uh, you know nowadays I think you know hindsight being twenty twenty, I think most people would recognize that that was probably a mistake to want to invest in the in the grow side, where you know currently commoditization is just killing the the price of of flour and and even trim and all that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, value-added areas of business, such as extracting and processing, wholesaling, white labeling, you know, that's the, those areas where you can add value, you know, they've got good, strong, sustainable businesses. And, and I, you know, I would argue they're going to continue to, to grow, whereas flour is going to continue to commoditize and have, you know, very, very thin margins. Uh, you know, that's, well, that's kind of my, you talk my perception. To, you talk to, yeah, you talked about where people are left behind. There's so many small, talented growers out there that could have been real mentors in this industry that have been put out uh, yeah. of business by, I, I would just call it state greed, man. It's just, it's greed on the part of the government. Sure. We knew well, it was coming. I mean, it's the only reason why we're allowed to exist, honestly. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, you can uh, you can make an argument that it's it's kind of the, the victims of of capitalization or victims of capitalism. Um, you know, that's it's it's the unfortunate reality that sometimes the mom pops just get gobbled up. You know, and it happens in in every industry at some point. Cannabis is is no different. Uh, you know, the the question is, what can we do to try to 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 minimize or mitigate it as we uh, as we grow and you know, I'm not so sure that the cannabis industry as a whole has done a good job of coming together and saying, "Hey, we don't we don't want 
you know, to have Walmarts and Pfizer's, um, you know, you, you hear it every once in a while, but nobody really does anything about it other than complain. Um, so, you know, well, a little, I'm, I'm going to say this and I don't really care if it gets me in trouble, but California <laughs> lied to us. We yeah. voted on prop 64 not to allow these massive growers and the state because of their greed flipped the script. Yep. You know, that's just point blank in the truth. Yeah. 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 No, that's did did the industry come together to fight the state over it? I'd, probably not as hard as they could have. Right, right. And that's, you know, that's the unfortunate reality is that, you know, sometimes our own complacency can be a, our, our worst enemy. But, hey, you know what, we're not going to what? We're not going to change that. Um, but what we can change nope. is terpene profiles. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about terpene profiles here at Purple Frost Guys. We'll regroup for more Mission Supercritical after we hear from our sponsors. Cannabis concentrates have been around for thousands of years. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 24th through the 26th inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for this brand new event sponsored by the radio podcast leader for all things cannabis cannabisradio.com be one of the first to register today at usccexpo.com that's usccexpo.com time to extract more knowledge on mission supercritical only on cannabisradio.com okay welcome back to mission supercritical again today's guest brian Haskins from Materia Medica, right? You're the uh, currently the CEO. You yes, guys sir. are operating out of the Bay Area, um, and you know we we talked a little bit about uh, California, and we'll, we'll we'll digress back into that here in a little bit. But let's talk about you know one of the things you mentioned, which is you know the the ability to pull terpenes from some very unique, very um, I'm going to call them high end, right? Very uh, very valuable. Uh, genetics and plant growth that with your with your purple frost guys. Talk about terpenes and how you're how you're getting them out. What uh, what are you doing to use them? And you know what what makes terpenes so great? I think it's really the thing that differentiates Materia Medica from almost everybody else I've seen out there. Um, you know when I go to compare a product or when I go to taste a product at a show. Um, 
I have only taken the feedback that I've gotten from people that I have asked to try mine, right? And some of them say, I don't vape. And I have to ask why, right? Why don't you vape? You know that mm -hmm. smoking's not as good for you as vaping, right? But that has not seemed to be true in a lot of cases. And they'll tell you why. Hey, I get this burning in the back of my throat or it gives me a headache or, you know, it tastes like chemicals. Why? So I had to go out and find out why all these things are coming out of the mouths of, of our customer base, right? I needed to change that. And so Apex gives me ability to use one ingredient in our vapes, cannabis. That's it, right? What a lot of other manufacturers have done, and they're changing, they really are changing, they're starting to learn, um, is mixing with things like glycol and glycerin, um, you know, two substances that are either uh, harmful to you when vaped, just fine if they're in food, right? But it's the delivery right. system problem. Yep. Um, yep. Red, hot chili, red hot chili oil is good for your heart, and if you take it in a capsule, that's fine. There's a reason why they don't put it in suppositories, right? <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to right. say that on the radio, but oh, it's, yeah. a, it's an excellent analogy to the point. Yeah. Delivery yeah. system yep. matters, right? So when we go to terpenes, a lot of manufacturers don't have the ability to preserve the terpenes as they come off the plant initially, right? Sometimes they can make the oil, say, in an ethanol extraction, and then distill the terpenes off, but they've been changed at that point. They've been severely heated. They smell completely different than they did when, they, when you know, the Apex machine takes them out in the very beginning. They're not nearly as flowery and berry-flavored uh, and these kind of things. Many of the times, they're completely ruined. So they're, they're not as good degraded or useless at that point when they've been distilled out right. of the noise. And the reason that, you know, somebody, there's a reason that somebody might want to use propylene glycol or glycerin, right? Those aren't terps, but that's for, you know, more no. of what I would call a cutting agent so you can get the viscosity at a point where it'll flow, right? Right. But, yeah, exactly know. right. Because terpenes do that because they are themselves have a lot of solvent properties. So if you can't use terpenes, then you have to go to these other cutting agents to make your vape pen work. Right, um, right. So, so let me what, so let me let me kind of summarize it for you here. So you got you got Apex CO2 extraction system, right? And you you do a, what what's commonly referred to as a terp pull, right? So you do a lower pressure, lower temperature, yeah. terpene run on on. Yeah. It sounds like some some extremely high quality material, right? You get you get a you know a terpene uh, you know concentration or fraction um, as as part of the initial run. You put, you take those terpenes, mm -hmm. you, you put them off to the side, put them in a cold, dark place for a little while, and then you finish the rest of your extraction yep. with a with a bulk extraction, right? And then, you know, what do you guys yep. typically do with that bulk or crude, as sometimes it's referred to, um, at, at the end of the the, the the total extraction? Right. So then we winterize it. You know, you have to um, mix it with a solvent, take out all of the fats and lipids and uh, and undesirable things. And then you have your uh, solution of solvent and um, extract. Most people use ethanol. We use ethanol, you know, 200 uh, proof grain organic ethanol. And um, then, of course, you have to uh, 
separate the ethanol from your oil. You usually do that in a rotovap, mm -hmm. um, you know, vacuum evaporator. Um, and then from there, you make a decision, right? What product is this? Because there's a lot of edibles companies that are out there buying distillate. Why is my question. Mm -hmm. For what purpose? It, distillate's pretty hard to emulsify in cookie dough. It's just a stringy, laffy taffy kind of rubber cement kind of material. And it's very difficult, unless it's pretty warm, to get to homogenize in anything. Um, whereas amber oil, which is what you end up with after you're done with this winterizing process, mm -hmm. um, is easier to do that with. And you can do it with a little bit larger volume, and it should be far cheaper than uh, distillate. Right, um, right. But then, it'll, of course, it'll it has very little terpenes potency. in it. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so Potentially, it will have a little lower potency. A little lower cannabinoids right. and no terpenes, so great for edibles, right? Nobody wants their chocolate to taste like weed. But if you want to make a vape pen, you want to make a high-quality vape pen. More importantly, you want to make a vape pen that mimics or reproduces that fantastic flower that was grown by your Purple Frost friends. Right? Now you're able to take yeah. the terpenes that you, you fractioned off at the very beginning they're 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 not uh they have not been degraded sorry they've not been degraded by mm -hmm. temperature exposure right they're right. representative of the original right. plant as much as you can possibly do yep. it right and you know as a result of, of you know doing the terpene fraction from the apex now you can put them back in and you've got a viscosity you can put into a vape pen without any cutting agents correct that's right, right? and then your yeah. vape and pen works and it's one ingredient Right, right, and that's a and that's a real differentiator, you know. And I mean, that's so. But you know, here's the here's the the real question, though. How are you educating your your customers? What's important? What's not important? To look for that kind of stuff. Is there anything you can do to 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 let them know? Well, I I use um, a term on my packaging that gets people's attention, or at least I like to think it does. I came across a pretty harmful molecule called dicetyl about two years ago. And this is something that comes along in many of the flavorings that are made, what they call, quote, unquote, my fingers in the air, food grade. Remember mm -hmm. how I just said red hot chili oil is good for you, right? Yep. Um, it's about delivery system again. Dicetyl is naturally occurring. It's organic as the day is long. You just can't breathe it in. It creates the diseased popcorn lung, which we've all mm -hmm. heard about. Right? Yep. People are a little afraid of this when it comes to vapes. The reason why is they pull those flavorings many times from fruit skin. And when you do that, they don't know that dicetyl, a food-grade product, can't go in a vape product. They're two completely different things, and they should be treated right. as such, and they should be looked at as such. Right. right. So when my package says dicetyl-free, it makes people go, hey, what is that? Um because that's the stuff that makes Orville Redenbacher's microwave popcorn taste like butter. That's it. Right. It's right. fine to eat. You can eat it all day. No effect. Yep. When you vape it, it's dangerous. So if the product is one ingredient, cannabis, cannabis is a flower, not a fruit. Its terpenes won't have dicetyl in it ever because it's a right, flower. Right, right. And so, so, there's, if you, so there's if an you're adding artificial flavoring, yeah, yeah, you then that's, so that's a risk. 
Right. So Brian, so, you know, you guys, you guys take the terpenes and, you know, there's, there's artificial terpenes, there's synthetic terpenes and, you know, there's cannabis terpenes. And, and, you know, I think you had a, a great point about, you know, arsenic's <laughs> arsenic's organic, right? Gasoline's organic, you know, those, those kind of things, they might be natural, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're good for you or even more important that they should be vaped. So I, I think those are, those are extremely good points. Um, you know, how much has this been able to, uh, you know, affect your business? Do you, do you find that, that being able to capture the terpenes, um, from the cannabis plant material and, and, and keep them retained in a, in a non degradated status, is that helpful? Has it been able to, to really differentiate your products from the other stuff that's on the shelves? Well, I get feedback that says it is. And the feedback comes in, in the following form. And I've gotten them multiple times from multiple sources is that I'll get a call out of the blue from somebody who looked me up on Facebook and found my phone number and uh, they'll say something along the lines of, where can I get more of your cartridges? Because they're the only ones that I don't get an allergic reaction from when I use them. Nice. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Where nice. are you? Uh, that's great. So I would say that that is one of the top um, most differentiating factors of our product to the next. That's great. You know? Really That's great. Mm-hmm. All right, so Brian, we're going to take a uh, we're going to take another quick break here. We'll come back. You know, you're you're right there in the heart of it all, California. Uh, you know, four or five billion dollar industry for cannabis. You know, here in the in the relatively near future, if it isn't there already. So you know, lots and lots of opportunity, but also a little bit of chaos going on trying to transition from gray to uh, to black, if you want to call it that. Um, let's uh let, let's come back here and we'll talk about some of the trials and tribulations of operating in Cal- in California. We'll regroup for more Mission Super Critical after we hear from our sponsors. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Do you have new ideas that you believe will make a difference in the cannabis industry? Looking to make your brand or service stand out? The first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo is seeking sponsors and speakers for its inaugural event August 24th through the 26th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners are all welcome to join us for this brand new event sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Grow with us in this groundbreaking event, the first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 24th through the 26th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Learn more at usccexpo.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. 
Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, welcome back to Mission Supercritical today. Brian Haskins, Materia Medica. So Brian, we you know had a great conversation about how you know utilizing Apex Supercritical CO2 systems, you're able to capture terpenes, reconstitute it back into your winterized or de-waxed oil, and you know you don't need to add anything extra. You don't need artificial, you know, synthetic or otherwise. Don't need artificial terpenes. Don't need vegetable glycerin. Don't need propylene glycol. So you got a 100% cannabis vaporizing pen, which is fantastic. And so you got this great product. You see, you see some great feedback from it. But you're in California, right? The the land of opportunity, also the land of chaos at the moment. Tell me about some of the chaos that you're seeing. Yeah, I mean the chaos comes from the miseducation or lack of education of the people writing the rules um, in relationship to the people that have slogged through the industry to get us to the point where we are now. And I would have thought that they would have asked somebody who's been doing this for, I don't know, a year, two years, five years, 20 years, as some people have, hey, what works and what doesn't? What should we be focused on and what shouldn't we? for example, they just now have gotten to the point where they will allow, and we just talked about this as far as delivery systems with terpenes and artificial mixers, right? So mm-hmm. with, say, edibles, for example, they just now changed the limitations on certain pesticides from an edible to a vape. Excellent mindset, right? I like where this is going because mycobutanol is dangerous. It really shouldn't be used on any plant when you're growing it, but it's dangerous in a vape. Mm-hmm. You know? However, it's completely harmless in a edible. So they did at least change it to where an edible can have this if that's the way that the grower chose to grow it, or if the grower just happens to be next to a grape farm, which kind of just is unfortunate. But right, they use right. that on grapes, and there's nothing you can do about it. So, right. well, it's a, it's you know, okay. there's, so, there's some education. Go ahead. Yeah, right, right. So California is, is you know, an interesting place, and, and, you know, there's a whole lot of people there, and, and, you know, much like the rest of America, there's a whole lot of differing opinions uh, across the state. How much are you seeing, you know, education of, of regulators is a is kind of a universal problem across all states. Um, but how much of it is, is lobbying? How big of an influence is lobbying? Be- just because, the, you know, the size of the market is so big in California, I got to imagine that there's a lot of big money being spent on, on lobbying and things like that. Are you seeing any of that? There is a lot of big money um, being spent on lobbying, but you've got like three or four different tiers uh, of people to work with, right? If you don't have any relationships at your city council level, you're toast. Just don't even get started. <clears throat> you have to have that. Right? You have to have relationships with the fire department so that they understand, I have a CO2 machine, man. It's a big fire extinguisher. It's not <laughs> going to explode. Yep. I don't need a C1, D1, you know, uh, facility. I, I use ethanol. It's not, uh, I don't need spark-proof room to use ethanol, right? Right, right. So it's really a, a little challenging to, to have people understand you're not butane. That's a, to me, that's a huge selling point. But, you know, mainly because, and I think a lot of these people don't know this, but when we do finally come to that day when we all get to 
you know, jump and shout that it's federally legal now, right? Butane's out. It's not an FDA-approved solvent. It never will be an FDA-approved solvent. So all those people who spent all that money on butane extraction facilities are going to have to retool completely. I'm sure you'll get a lot, lot of phone calls. But <laughs> we're not that. So we right. don't need that extra $100,000 in, in construction, build-out compliance. And we are the ones who are educating the, the architects, the um, designers, the contractors, the fire departments, the city councils, the county councils, right? And then we're so busy doing that, most of us don't have time to talk to the state. The state just kind of goes along with whatever your local municipality has said is good, you know? Right, right. And that's a, that's a real key difference between California and, and other states. You know, it, it take more Midwest or even East Coast kind of states. The state commands what you do, and the municipality pretty much just has to go along with it. You know, they can say, no, we don't want anything. But beyond that, there's not a lot of power, you know, bestowed upon the, the individual municipalities, whereas California, kind of the opposite. You know, the, the state, like you said, just says, right. here, you know, you guys figure it out. And, you know, from, from our standpoint here at Apex, you know, we see huge variations, you know, from county to county, from municipality, you know, the, going to L.A. or San Diego versus going to somewhere up else. You know, you, you, you currently are in the Bay Area, but you talked about or you, know, you mentioned before that we're, you're thinking about relocating to uh, Monterey Bay. Why? What, what are you going to yeah. move from the Bay Area to Monterey Bay for? Well, that's, you know, mostly our relationship with Purple Frost. They're just super smart and went ahead and, and had a facility that um, they had built a relationship with the city council and done all of those things that you have to do over years, um, you know, to be able to get in the space properly. And um, so, you know, our relationship with them has, has driven us to do that and invest um, in that facility and, and work there. But, uh, Monterey Bay is much, much more beautiful. <laughs> it's much less traffic. It's, the, I think the fishing's the better. I mean, like, what can you complain about Monterey Bay compared yeah. to San Francisco and Oakland? I mean, no offense, but it's gorgeous down there, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, traffic's probably not quite as bad, and uh, and everything else for that matter. But, but uh, you know, large large city versus small city, kind of you know, small relative anyway. Um, you know, there's there's a yeah. big difference, and and you know, as I would imagine that the economic benefits are attractive to some of the the smaller, you know, not some of the huge places like San Francisco or something like that. But you know, the smaller towns have you know tremendous economic opportunities. You know, and I, I would imagine they're they're grabbing onto it. Um, and when you got good players like yourselves and, and Purple Frost, you know, they're they're probably more interested in, in making it work. Um, but you know, if if you had to if you had to guess, you know, I'm not not going to put you on the spot for a for an actual number here, or you know, if you want to try to throw out a thought, you know, butane propane operations versus CO2 operations. What's the what's the ratio? What's the percentage um, that you think is out there in California today? Oh, I think there's way more butane. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking maybe seventy thirty. Yeah. I mean, I I come across a lot of stuff. I mean, even butane. Um, extractors will bring me their raw extract to take the process from there just because of the way that we do what we do you know with our stuff right um, and so I mean, not every butane extract comes out the way they want it to which to me is like really you don't have a consistent <laughs> like you can't consistently make it XYZ 
Yeah. And, well, that's, you know, for you know, them, that's... it's, it's temperatures as well right if it gets off it gets off well and it's it's um, you know it's one of the major work. drawbacks it's a, it's one of the major drawbacks of the butane and propane process right is the fact that you know it is mm-hmm. flammable it is explosive and requires class one division mm-hmm. one facilities and therefore is right. extremely expensive to automate i think this is where a lot of people miss you know kind of misinterpret what's going on so the equipment is generally cheaper but it's cheaper because of the fact that it's lower pressure but more importantly it's cheaper because it's not automated right and so right. you know you have to have an operator who enters this class one division one you know bomb shelter this blast proof facility and has to work in there right. on a daily basis and oh by the way he's a person not me so one yeah i'm add- add- dude i don't want that job uh-uh <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, it seems crazy to me, no. but I, you know, I'd imagine that you know, there's people out there that do it, but they got to be harder and harder to come by nowadays. And you know, so there's no automation. It's in a it's in a blast chamber, and then you know, like you yeah. said, uh, the the owners, the operators, you know, of the of the businesses, they get inconsistent results, right? Because of the fact right. they've got all these things working against them, right? I mean, see, yeah, I'm I'm obviously biased towards CO2. But it sure does seem like setting yourself right. up for failure if you wanted to go into butane or propane nowadays for, you know, as you mentioned before, federal reasons when it does go federally legal and for the fact that you just can't make a consistent product. Right. I mean, I kind of know what's coming out of my extractor every single time. Yeah, it's a different strain. Yeah, it might be buds. It might be trim. But the color is pretty much the same. I know exactly what to do with it every time. It's the same exact process. Um, the thing that I think is the most exciting is how much, how much did I get? What was the yield? Right. Um, but all, all the other stuff is pretty on point. Um, water content, I think is the only thing we really have to kind of work out of it before we can figure out what the yield is. And that's just a matter of what you put in. And the apex machine is like any other, what you put in matters. Tremendous 95% of what you get out. You know, right, right, exactly. Product. Well, and and yeah. and like you said, you know the terpenes, right? So you know you might get a lot out, but if if there's no terpenes in it, or the terpenes have been degraded, or it's not possible to separate the terpenes, then who cares? What was the point? Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, I put some one-year-old sour diesel in in the Apex machine. It kicks out terpenes. They are what they are. <laughs> right? They're not <laughs> awesome. Right, there's but not going to be some great. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, that was that was an edibles oil run anyway, so it didn't matter. But, um, you know, it, we've done all the experiments, we've made all the mistakes, we've put it in the wrong facility, we've had the wrong AC uh, systems around it, we've had the right AC systems around it. We've, I mean, we've done it all, man. Like yeah. the the training class. Um, book could be rewritten 40 times, you know, by 10 <laughs> different extractors, I'm sure. Right, right. But, well, um, you know, it, so the, it, the, 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 the industry is, is, is certainly wrought with opportunity, man. There's no question about that. And, uh, you know, I think we could, we could go on forever about it. But, you know, Brian, unfortunately, we're out of time. Um, real quick, I want to, yeah. you know, before we end the show here, if somebody wanted to get a hold of, of you and talk to you and have you process their material for them, whatever it might be, or get some Materia Medica products, where would they go? How could they get a hold of you? Well, we're on Instagram as MM Extractions. There's a good many pictures on there. 
and kind of if you go back to the beginning and come up to today, you'll see a good progression of where we thought we were cool a year and a half ago to now we think we've got it dialed in today and who knows what happens tomorrow. <laughs> um, and then, you know, my uh, email address is Brian with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N, at mmextractions.com. Perfect. Perfect. Brian, thanks for uh, coming on the show today. I appreciate the uh, conversation. Best of luck to you out there in California. And uh, for, for everybody yeah. else listening to the show, look for other Mission Supercritical shows to learn more about Apex Supercriticals, more than 500 customers, including Brian, operating in the cannabis yeah. industry and today. Yeah, go ahead. If, the, if they'd like to look at our, our uh, partners as well, who are the experts in growing, that's purplefrost.com. Purplefrost.com, all one word. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Great. Thanks, Brian. And uh, so look for, you know, Mission Supercritical. Look for purplefrost.com uh, and to, uh, to get an idea of what's going on. For uh, everybody out there, hope you can join us. And until then, happy stretch. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.